Today, we encounter Jesus shining a light on the behavior of two groups of hypocrites, beginning with the most respected people of his time. I always feel a bit uncomfortable when I hear this gospel, when Jesus talks about people walking around with long robes. The first group Jesus singles out for criticism are the religious leaders of his time, the scribes. The scribes were men dedicated to the study of the scripture and who taught God's commandments. They represent all religious leaders who do not practice what they teach and who look to create for themselves a comfortable life without responding to the struggles of the poor. What a great responsibility they have, these leaders in the faith, to live a life of integrity, service, and self-giving. The Lord also adds that they will receive a very severe condemnation. After this, we encounter Jesus with his disciples in the temple, observing what happened day by day in that place. We can learn a lot by observing the example of others, both good and bad examples. The Lord is teaching a lot in making these observations. In this day and age, we tend to have personality cults centered on the rich, the famous, and the powerful. We love them or hate them, but we always pay attention. When these rich and famous donate large sums of money, we are greatly impressed. Bill Gates, for example, has inspired awe on the part of many. He has donated in the neighborhood of $50 billion. That is with a B. Now, it is not my intention to criticize these large donations, particularly if the money is used to address some truly great needs faced by the poor of the world today. For instance, a large part of the money Gates has donated is to seek a cure to malaria, a terrible disease that is estimated to take the lives of half a million people worldwide each year. But don't feel too concerned about Bill Gates. Present estimates are that even after these huge donations, Bill still has $136 billion left to provide for his personal necessities. 
Jesus has a different approach than we do. He takes his disciples to the temple area where donations are made. After witnessing with the disciples the ostentatious manner of giving by the wealthy, Jesus points out for the disciples a poor widow who approaches the donation box and humbly, without seeking any notice, inserts a couple of coins. They can probably hear them clanging into the box. Jesus shocks his disciples by saying that the donation of that poor widow they just witnessed, this humble gift of a few cents, meant more than the grand showy benevolence of the rich. Clearly, God thinks differently than we do. The widow of Zarephath, whose story we heard in the first reading, was also a person overlooked by the world. She had nothing, nothing more than that which would allow her to provide a final piece of bread for herself and her son before they starved to death. Nevertheless, it was to this poor widow that Jesus sent the prophet Elijah, rather than sending him to someone who was flush with resources. During the entire history of the people of Israel, the wealth and possessions they accumulated always seemed to serve as a golden calf for them, an idol that failed to save. Time and again, they forgot where they should place their hope. But when the poor wandering slaves of Israel listened to God, they became a great nation and received the land of promise from the hand of the Lord. There's so many stories in the scriptures that reinforce this message. Jesus tells the story of the rich man and the destitute Lazarus at his gate. When they die, the rich man who ignored the needs of the suffering all his life enters the fires of hell, while the poor man, Lazarus, enters the bosom of Abraham, a beautiful image for the kingdom of God. We should name, or we could name, so many other accounts that offer us the same teaching. But if we think that in the plan of God, all the poor are blessed and the rich are going to hell, we don't understand Jesus' teaching. The point is, that for God, material wealth means nothing except in so far as that wealth becomes a sign of our love and thanksgiving to God and our care for his people. 
Many people of means use their wealth almost as though it is an insurance policy to overcome their mortality. Surrounded by their many possessions, they easily come to see themselves as many gods. Many times they give money only to make their generosity known, not as a sacrifice, not as a sign of their devotion to God. They want their name on a plaque, and in this, as Jesus says in another place, they have found their reward. In his teaching, in his parables and his example, Jesus wants us to understand that whether we are rich or poor does not matter to him. What is important is that our donations ought to be a sign of our total devotion, a sacrifice that signifies the gift of our lives to the one who is our origin and our destiny.